Looking for a great dining experience in Charlottesville? Look no further than the Aberdeen Barn. The barn has been family owned and operated since 1965, with Terry and Angela providing great atmosphere and mouth-watering food at Virginia's big time steakhouse. Enjoy the fine dining or relax in the Sportsman's Bar, a fantastic place to wind down and socialize, surrounded by flat screen televisions tuned to the latest sporting events. You never know who you might bump into at the Aberdeen Barn, where all the greatest Cavaliers have dined over the decades and keep coming back for the delicious menu and good times. Check it out online at AberdeenBarn.com or call 434-296-4630. Hey, this is Thomas Q. Jones, former UVA All-American running back, and you're listening to The Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Wahoo wah. Welcome to the Jerry Ratcliffe Show. I'm Chris Graham, joined by the Hall of Famer, Jerry Ratcliffe. And there's a lot of recruiting news this week, Jerry, as we are uh, about a week away from uh, sort of the start of the 2023-2024 sports season with the ACC football kickoff down in Charlotte. But uh, before that and before we start getting into next football season, we have some football recruiting news to talk about later in the show, but a lot of basketball. So where do you want to start? Yeah, a ton of basketball, Chris. It's uh, been a very active week for Virginia's basket, men's basketball program, uh, I guess, closing the uh, evaluation period that started earlier in the month. And they have um, offered a bunch of guys from the class of 2025, I guess, rising juniors. Uh, I mean, they've been all over the country. And, of course, so – We've talked at length about Tony Bennett following Con Canupel or Nupel. I'm assuming it's Canupel. Uh, we got need to get a clarification on that from the class of 2024, who is one of the hottest recruits in the country. And Tony was following him all over the country. And so that shows how serious he was about him. But since then, they've offered uh, just – uh, at least three or four guys from the class of 2025 in the last two, three days. And uh, one of them that has made perhaps the loudest noise is Jacob Wilkins, uh, who just happens to be the son of nine-time NBA All-Star Dominique Wilkins, uh, mostly from the Atlanta Hawks, a native of North Carolina. And his son, Jacob, is a six foot eight wing down in Atlanta, Georgia at Parkview High School in Lilburn, which I think is a suburb of Atlanta. I know my Atlanta very well. Um, not a lot of information about Jacob Wil Wilkins, and I guess you don't really need to know a lot just to knowing that he's Dominique's son. Uh, he has been offered by Virginia, Alabama, Cincinnati, Georgia, and Indiana, and I'm assuming that list is going to grow like wildfire here over the next uh, couple of weeks. But he is a, a four-star. Again, like I said, a 6'8 forward. Uh, he's ranked um, in the top 55 by all of the uh, – in his class nationally. Uh, that's for overall prospects. Um by all the recruiting services, as high as 26 by on three, 31 by 247 sports, and up in the 50s by uh, 
ESPN and, and others, but he's uh, ranked as in the top four prospects in the state of Georgia for his class and in the top 10, essentially, in small forwards uh, in the country. I, so he, he's definitely legit. He's one of the guys that Virginia would love to have. And, of course, there's there's a little bit of connection there with Isaiah Wilkins on Virginia's staff. Yep. I guess they are stepbrothers. And yes. um, so uh, perhaps that will help the Wahoos rein in another Wilkins. Uh, you can't have enough of those guys, that's for sure. It can't hurt having a stepbrother on the staff either, <laughs> as far as recruiting this kid, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't think so. <laughs> and uh, as we said last week, Isaiah was recently elevated to a full-time assistant coach on Virginia's staff, thanks to the NCAA allowing men's basketball to um, enhance their staffs with more full-time assistants. Uh, another kid uh, offered, I think, yesterday is uh, Nicola Bundelo, 6'9", power forward from, um, I guess he was originally from Uniontown Green High School in Green, Ohio, but has since transferred uh, for his junior year to Western Reserve High School in Hudson, Ohio, where he will be playing with two Marquette commits. That should be a pretty good basketball team, I would think. Uh, he's a four-star, 6'9". Uh, it's been offered by uh, Georgetown, Illinois, Iowa, Ohio State, Purdue, Syracuse, Rutgers, Seton Hall, Xavier, Nebraska, Penn State, Pitt, and, of course, Virginia. He's one of the uh, fastest rising big men in that class of 2025. He can do it all. He can run, shoot, uh, shoot off the dribble, shoot three-pointers, mix it up down low. Uh, a lot of these guys, Chris, have had just amazing spring and summer uh, development in EYBL basketball, and he's one of them. Uh, after his high school season, he had only received two scholarship offers, and – this skilled big man uh, was unranked at the time. And now he's jumped to number 21 nationally in his class over the summer. So you can tell uh, the, his experiences at the top 100 in Orlando and down in Peach Jam and some others. Uh, he has really advanced his game. Uh, he had one game in June where it was a 30.10 rebound effort. Uh, and, you know, I think the fact that Virginia has come on now and offered him is, is probably something he's excited about. We haven't had a chance to talk to him. But uh, once he was uh, offered by Syracuse, he was quoted as saying, uh, wow, Syracuse was crazy because the ACC, I mean, obviously a lot of people want to play in the ACC. So apparently he is one of those guys that, Certainly wouldn't mind doing that. So you got the 6'8", Jacob Williams at small forward, 6'9", Nicola Bundelo at power forward. Uh, they also yesterday offered a 6'8", wing from 2025, London Jameson, a three-star from Bloomfield, Connecticut, was at 
Northwest Catholic in West Hartford, Connecticut, but uh, he decided to transfer and reclassify. He was a member of the class of 2024, but now will be a member of the class of 2025. So he pushed himself back a year so he can perhaps develop his game. He's only a three-star, but he's still ranked in the top 100 in his class and among the top four prospects in the state of Connecticut. He's, uh, his offer list hasn't been that great, but I imagine now that he's reclassified, it's going to uh, pick up. He, he's been offered by George Mason Temple, Rhode Island, UMass, Rice, St. Joe's, Yale, Fairfield, Boston U, and Virginia. Virginia is the only real power five program in there, so perhaps Virginia's coaches saw something in his summer games that uh, others haven't seen yet. He um, he averaged 17 points and seven rebounds a game this past, I don't know if that was this past high school season or over the summer with his EYBBL team, but uh, it sounds like this kid's best days are ahead of him for sure. Um, Virginia has offered, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six or seven kids now. Derek Dixon, a combo guard from D.C., Chance Mallory, uh, St. Anne's Belfield's point guard here in Charlottesville that we've talked about in the past. Bryson Tiller, uh, the power forward from Atlanta, who uh, I think played with the, the – uh, the twins who were recently taken in the first round of the NBA draft. Uh, Wilkins, Bundelow, as we said, and Jameson. And today, Chris, a little breaking news, I guess, here. Uh, we just found out about an offer to one of the top point guards from the class of 2025. Uh, so that's two point guards they've offered, this, this kid and Chance Mallory. Uh, this one is Darius Adams, a 6'4 combo guard, but he recently unofficially Virgin, uh, visited Virginia, uh, who's recruiting him as a point guard. Um, he is the third guy from the PSA Cardinals, the same team that Christian Bliss plays for, and um, the Hodge kid. Uh, who both Virginia have offered. So he plays on that same team. He's the third guy from the PSA Cardinals EYBL team to have been offered by Virginia. Uh, he's from LaPorte, Indiana, but is transferring to a prep school there for his last two years. In his class, he's ranked number 19 nationally by 247 Sports, the number four combo guard, the number two prospect in the state of Indiana, on three has him as the number one prospect in Indiana and the number 12 combo guard in the country and the number 36 overall player. He's been offered by Florida State, Virginia, St. John's, Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Penn State, Washington, Providence, Seton Hall, and Rutgers. So he is really uh, making a splash. Uh, his dad, uh, Dennis Adams, was a player back in the uh, 80s on the Jersey Shore who was uh, part of the great 
bunch of recruiting classes that, that included John Crotty back in those days. Um, and uh, uh, I think he's a high school principal up there now. And uh, he was on the, I think he was on, the, uh, pretty sure he was on the unofficial trip to Charlottesville with his son. Uh, they have a daughter, Destiny, who's a sophomore in place for North Carolina. Uh, so a uh, whirlwind of activity for Virginia men's basketball, Chris, and, and uh, already reaching out to build, keep the program uh, building in 2025 uh, with what sounds like just some incredible basketball players who are only going to get better and better by the time they uh, hit their senior year. This is uh, yeah, this is exciting. I mean, this is the time of year now after the spring with uh, the great work that Tony and the staff did on the transfer portal side of things. And you got to work that well too, but that's over now. And uh, yeah, a lot of focus in 2024, 2025 and beyond with, uh, with this, with this group. Uh, great, great to see all that uh, big news on the recruiting side of things. And uh, I think you have one football, uh, one big football uh, recruiting note to, to share. Uh, we did. Uh, Virginia picked up, I think, maybe their best commitment so far for the class of 2024. This kid, uh, and and it seems like that their football recruiting has picked up in the, the here in June and July. They, the guys that they have uh, gained commitments from, have a much more impressive list of suitors than uh, some of the guys that they got commitments from earlier in the spring. This kid, uh, Tyler Simmons, and again, he's only a three-star, but, uh, you know, some championship teams have been built with three stars and and some, like a couple of Wake Forest teams under um, their last two coaches, uh, were mostly two stars. So uh, you can't dismiss these guys. I, I I don't look at the stars as much as I do look at, at who other schools are in pursuit of them. So I, I think that might be a better indicator. But Tyler Simmons is a 6'4", 260-pound defensive tackle, defensive end, I guess, depending on what your fronts look like. From Windermere Prep, uh, familiar recruiting grounds for Virginia, uh, down in Florida, Windermere, Florida. Uh, good speed for a kid at 6'4", 260, a 4'6", 40, and 11'7", although I don't think too many defensive ends, tackles are going to be running 100 yards for anything. Uh, they're 40 times what impresses me most. But uh, get a load of this list of the schools that Virginia beat for this kid. Um, Miami, South Carolina. Michigan State, NC State, Stanford, Indiana, Appalachian State, Kansas, East Carolina, Northwestern, Coastal Carolina. So no football slouches in that group, really. Um, right, right. You've made up some pretty strong programs for this kid. So that, that's a quality commitment I would give Tony Elliott and his staff credit for. Um in terms of rankings, oh, and this kid comes from a really great stock too, Chris. His dad, Brian Simmons, was an All-American in North Carolina. 
was a first-round draft choice and played 10 years in the NFL for the Bengals and the Saints. So uh, I'm sure he has picked up a lot of stuff from his daddy uh, in recent years and, and will continue to do so. He's an excellent student, which I'm sure has helped Virginia. He has a 4.0 GPA, and that was something very important to the family in shopping for a school. Uh, in terms of uh, defensive linemen, uh, 247 and on three, have him listed as 115 and 116 among defensive linemen in the country for his class. And he's ranked in the top 150 overall prospects in the state of Florida, which pretty good because uh, there's a whole lot of football talent down in the Sunshine State. So uh, congratulations to Tony Elliott and his staff for reeling in, I think, uh, their most impressive commitment for this class to date. The big football recruiting news there on top of our basketball recruiting news. And uh, there was some baseball news this week, uh, sort of involving a recruit, uh, I guess because a <laughs> former recruit now, Johnny Farmello, uh, first round pick of the Seattle Mariners and news with him. Also, Ethan O'Donnell, you know, Bron O'Connor, that's a, th- those two guys, Farmello and O'Donnell, a couple of good center fielders uh, that unfortunately for, for Virginia fans will not be. Uh, in Davenport next season, but uh, good, good, gr- good news for them. Great news for them in terms of their MLB careers. Yeah, uh, Johnny Farmello, the, the high school star from up at uh, West Westfield uh, High School in Chantilly, um, just a, a big time recruit. He was Virginia's top recruit, obviously, and. The Mariners, Seattle Mariners drafted him number 29 in the first round. Nobody really thought that, well, maybe a few people were holding out hopes that he might turn down the money and choose to come to Virginia. But uh, the Mariners made him an offer of Chris that he couldn't refuse. And uh, I don't think anybody else would either. With his signing bonus, his package added up to a total of $3.2 million. Uh, Not too many people are going to turn their heads on that one that's life-changing money yeah yeah life-changing money and um he told the seattle times uh, yesterday uh the mariners flew him out to seattle uh and let him get a little taste of major league baseball he was at t-mobile park and went through batting practice with some of the the parent mariners he and a couple of their other draft choices um Pretty impressive, Chris. He had three home runs during batting practice in the Mariners Stadium. So, um, but he told the Seattle Times that uh, he loved Brian O'Connor and his staff. He loved UVA. And had he not, uh, the money been so good that it was a no brainer to come to Virginia. But he said once pro scouts started showing up at his games, uh, he's the kind of kid that is motivated by challenges and wanting to play at the most elite level that he could. And that really changed his, his attitude toward his future. And he decided that once those guys started showing up that he wanted to take it to the highest level possible. And so he decided almost immediately that it was going to be awfully hard not to go pro. And so, um good for him uh wahoo nation will be rooting for him 
his heart was in Charlottesville, but his uh, he really wanted to go to to Seattle or whoever might draft have drafted him that high. And so, good luck to him. Uh, he'll be an unofficial Wahoo for the rest of his life. Um, Ethan O'Donnell, as you said, was uh, a transfer to Virginia from Northwestern. He was ended up making first team All ACC this past season and won a Golden Glove. Uh, only one error the whole season, 65 games. Hit uh, 354, 13 home runs, 18 double, 57 RBI, 90 hits. Uh, was a really solid member of Virginia's College World Series effort. And um, he was picked in the sixth round, number 168, by the Cincinnati Reds and uh, signed – just at a little bit below his slot value of $348,000. He signed for $307,500, which is a pretty nice little treat there. And he'll be uh, in the same organization as one of Virginia's favorite Wahoos, uh, Andrew Abbott, who, uh, We'll, we'll give a slight plug to here. We can't have enough of Andrew Abbott. And earlier today, um, he got back on track. He threw eight innings, gave up one hit, no runs, struck out six, walked two in a dominating performance, and dropped his ERA to 2.10 <laughs> on the season, which is uh, considering as much as he's pitched already, pretty phenomenal. Um, a couple other uh, former Wahoo pitchers uh, signed in the last couple of days. Connolly Early, who transferred in here from Army, had a 309 ERA and was a key member of the team this past season. Uh, signed with the Red Sox for a full slot value at $408,000. He was a fifth-round choice, number 151 overall. Jake Berry, the big six-foot-ten lefty uh, reliever for Virginia, signed with Cleveland as an undrafted free agent. Uh, don't know for how much, but uh, good for good for him. Um, so there'll be uh, there's there's four uh, three or four Wahoos there that are potential Wahoos that are now in pro baseball and uh and our our uh our good friend um Geloff officially signed with the Dodgers today um I got that number here and call it up real quick let's see here we go Oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, second rounder, Jake Geloff, signed with the Dodgers. $1.334 million with a $2,500 contingency bonus. Yeah. Um, uh, the home run king at Virginia. So uh, uh, great for him. Uh, I think he's going to have a bright future with the Dodgers. And uh, we wish him well 
also. And a uh, little bit more breaking news. Uh, Virginia baseball got a grad transfer today uh, from Division Three Salisbury up in Maryland. Uh, catcher Jacob Ferentz. Um, one of the best hitters in Salisbury program history, one of the top Division Three baseball programs. Uh, last season, he uh, hit 364 uh, with a record tying 14 home runs for Salisbury. So uh, bring a little power perhaps to Virginia's lineup for next season. And uh, again, another solid catcher, which uh, they'll need now that Kyle Till is gone and uh, he'll be, I guess, fighting for uh, some playing time behind the plate for Brian O'Connor's Wahoos. Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with the Good Feet Store. As a lifelong runner, the pain in my feet was debilitating. Finally, I went into the Good Feet Store and found the answer personally fit art supports. They helped me so much, I ran my first marathon that year. Then, because I believed in the Good Feet system so much, I bought the store. I'm so happy to offer my hometown community the opportunity to find relief from foot, knee, and back pain. The Goodfeet Store is located in the shops at Stonefield near Trader Joe's. Book your appointment today at goodfeet.com. This is Chris Slade, former University of Virginia defensive end, graduate of 1993, back on the staff at UVA. Excited to be back coaching um, my old stomping grounds. You're listening to the Jerry Ratcliffe Show. So Jerry mentioned earlier, as we're uh, moving towards wrapping up the show a little bit here, uh, next week is ACC kickoff week. Uh, we'll be down in Charlotte. Uh, Virginia, uh, all the other schools will be down there. Uh, ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips, I'm sure there'll be some talk about a lot of things business-wise and otherwise, maybe Northwestern scandal-wise as far as he's concerned. Uh, but uh, that that starts, that sort of for me is the unofficial official start to the 2023-2024 sports season when we get down there in Charlotte. You're right, Chris. It, it really is. For me, uh, back in the day, it used to be that. And then a couple of weeks later, we would start the ACC football tour, which went for over 50 years and shut down in the early 2000s. But now uh, it's the ACC kickoff where all 15, 14 schools, excuse me, for football assemble with coaches and uh, I think this year each school is bringing three players. In the past, I think they brought two. And talk about um, last season, this season, their hopes. Uh, everybody's exuberant because everybody's undefeated in July. <laughs> and um, it'll be fun uh, just talking football again. Uh, it's expand expanded to a three-day event in Charlotte. It was two uh, over the last several years. Now they have broken down over a three-day period. So lots of football to talk about. And um, it'll, be, it'll be interesting. I'll be intrigued to, um, to hear what Tony Elliott has to say about, you know, what happened last year and how he's going to fix it. Yeah, those are the two main questions, right? I mean, you know, of course, there's a lot to that, but uh... – I know yeah. one of the players he's bringing in, Tony Musket, the uh, presumed now starting quarterback with Jay Wolfolk out of the equation, uh, Chico Bennett from the defense, and there's one other player, and I'm not off the top of my head remembering who that third player, the player is. is. Running back Paris Jones. Yeah. Oh, Paris Jones. There you go. There you yeah. go. 
Yeah. Uh, so uh, here's a running back. I mean, the running, the running, the running back room is pretty good. They just can't block for themselves. Unfortunately, the offensive line will be a big question for Tony to have to address. And uh, I, I think I'm just as excited about when Jim Phillips has to take the podium. He takes it every year right there at the start. And of course, you know, last year we were so caught up last couple of years, really caught up in, uh, the intrigue of whatever the latest news was on the realignment front from other conferences. And there's, at least as of right now, <laughs> there's no realignment news right now. That Just the, the, the news of the last couple of years, Texas, Oklahoma will be eventually headed to the SEC, and then USC, UCLA eventually headed to the Big 12. Uh, we don't have any of that breaking news unless something happens over the weekend going into this year's ACC kickoff, but certainly – uh, there will be a tension placed there. Uh, Jim Phillips and the ACC needing to catch up. And I mentioned earlier, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on at Northwestern that he was the AD there for a long period of time when some of this stuff was alleged to have been going on. I imagine he probably won't have anything to say about it, but I also imagine there'll be a lot of reporters uh, asking questions about that. Yeah, well, I saw uh, in the last couple of days that he was named in a lawsuit by right. some of the former Northwestern players, I believe. And so, yeah, I'm sure he won't he won't comment on it. But uh, yeah, I, I wonder if anything will pop up about the Magnificent Seven and uh, more rumors about all that stuff too. Uh, I don't know if any outside of just everybody knowing that the uh, the Grant of Rights contract is pretty much ironclad unless they have a mass exodus. Um, I don't know that we've ever gotten a whole lot of explanation out of what was going on with the Magnificent Seven and what their intentions were. Uh, I don't know if he'll talk about that. He probably won't. But He'll be uh, asked about it. He'll probably dance as much as he can, it. right? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be interesting to just to hear what you know what's going on in terms of the conference. And now that they're in Charlotte, uh, headquartered down there and uh, just, you know, if, if there might be some kind of news that maybe we're not even aware of at this point. But um, it's our uh, annual pilgrimage down to somewhere. It used to be scattered all over the south. Now it's in Charlotte, I guess, to stay. And, uh, um, you know, we'll see what develops. I like Uptown Charlotte, but I miss like going to Pinehurst and places like that too. That, that was that was kind of nice going out in the country and seeing the green oh, air and yeah. or green grass and in the clean air and all that kind of stuff. It was it was that those were special uh, those were special tops too. Well, it used to be fun because they would always uh, have it at a golf resort, yeah. and um, not only did we get to play uh, some golf at some really good places like Sawgrass and. Pinehurst and uh, Kiowa and uh, the Homestead. Um, so another place down in Florida, uh, uh, Lake Lanier and uh, uh, just outside of Atlanta. Uh, the Biltmore down in Asheville. Uh, all kinds of cool places that we got to visit. And um, back in those days, a lot of the coaches played golf. I don't know how many of them do anymore. And so I imagine that had something to do with eliminating the golf, not not to mention the cost involved. <laughs> but uh, um, 
you know, a lot of coaches used to come and hang for a couple of days and eat dinner and lunch and hang out and talk to writers and, and other media. Uh, not not much of that anymore, but uh, they've taken on more of a SEC approach to it. Just get in and get out as fast as you can. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much just us writers hanging around with each other for a couple of days. That's 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 the uh, and not that we don't like each other. It's just. Uh... We, we, see enough, we usually see enough of each other. <laughs> yeah, we see enough of each other during the year. We don't need to see those guys again. We, <laughs> yeah, you know, and I think maybe, maybe, maybe the uh, the more economical approach, Jerry, is a factor of the uh, the ACC being a distant third now in revenues. Maybe that's part. part we're getting punished for the fact the ACC is not making all the TV money the SEC and Big Ten are. Yeah, I'm sure they're they cut back wherever they felt necessary and unfortunately media is one of those uh, one of those groups i think we're uh, easy pickings as far as that goes oh yeah don't worry about those writers just give them some yeah. barbecue they'll be okay that's right um well, what, what are you gonna have your eye on going into the week and in, in, down in charlotte chris i really think the acc i mean i think the the, the macro level things the, the the tv contract which is hard to address the, the, like you said the magnificent seven i think uh some of those business issues because you know that's 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 going to be key to the future of this conference is is going to be uh you know how we can keep it together how we can keep a mass exodus from happening uh, and, ha- and and part of that is going to be discussions, whether we get a lot of information about this or not. There will be a lot of questions being asked with everybody there in the same hotel uh, about uh, the revenue sharing. How how we're going to do that? Uh, you know, the, you know, I'm sure we'll we'll run into some ads for, from different schools. Maybe Carla will be there. Maybe with Babcock from Virginia Tech will be there, and we can hear some more from them. Uh, whether it's on the record, unofficially chatting somewhere, you know, there that kind of thing. Uh, and then, yeah, from Virginia's perspective, uh, you know, I know it's, it's, it can be tough uh, because a lot of what goes on in this uh, is, you know, for, for example, with Tony Elliott, he'll be, he'll be talking there in a big ballroom and there'll be a lot of reporters there who don't just cover Virginia. They cover the other schools too. And so it'll be his, it'll be their first chance to ask him about November 13th. It'll be his first chance to talk to a wider room about November 13th. And so I imagine there will be a lot of a lot of kind of fallout from that too, um, and and fairly so. It's it's July that happened last November, but for a lot of the, the 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 regional and national reporters there, it might be their first chance to talk about that with him. So and and the players as well. So, uh, you know the the coverage of Virginia might be kind of um, you know gloves on hands kind of thing because because of November thirteenth and. And then there'll be those of us beat writers who who are around it every day, uh, who will you know we we've covered the November thirteenth and we'll never forget November thirteenth, but we'll be more focused on this coming season. So there'll be a little a little bit of interplay there, I think, uh, as far as Virginia is concerned. Yeah, I, I hope that really doesn't dominate the afternoon. And I guess maybe if it does, we'll have another shot because uh, Virginia has its own uh, media meeting at the end of the month that we'll be able to get more delve more into the program if we don't get the opportunities in charlotte so and i think it's like it's, it's at the end of next week actually they come back and then tony and uh his yeah. staff do that next friday so right, uh, they, yeah. they get all that stuff out of the way and then they start practicing the following week exactly so yeah football is, is upon us yeah i, I just want to hear you know 
talk to them about, you know, things that they, and they probably won't go into a lot of detail, but kind of things that they discovered that, that they might not have had time to evaluate during the season when things were going haywire and, you know, what, what kind of tweaks, things they might have adjusted to try to correct some issues or to advance the offense, et cetera. Um, that'll be fun. It'll be interesting to talk to Tony Musket, uh, find out a little bit more about him because the offense is in his hands now. And, um, you know, we talked to him a little bit in the spring, but I, I, we don't really know that much about him and his game other than what little we saw there and what we read about in his years at Monmouth. So um, those will be things that'll be fun. Uh, Dabo's always interesting to talk to. Uh, Mac Brown's always interesting to talk to. Uh, he has the gift of gab since uh, he always did, but once he became a ESPN color commentator for a few years before he got back into coaching, I think he understands our role more now. And uh, he, he talks a lot in general about college football and what's right and what's wrong about it. So uh, he always has some interesting perspectives. Uh, be interesting to see if Florida State is as good as advertised. Um, they were, I'll have to admit, I was wrong. They were better last year than I thought they would be. Um, we'll see if they can sustain that. But they should be able to because the recruiting has picked up. And um, they did. They might have They might have won the transfer portal nationally. I'm not sure. They were certainly among the the best in, in uh, bringing in transfers. I guess we only have one new football coach, right? The the Brom guy at the uh, yeah. yeah. Um, from Purdue, yeah, yeah. Who I was told um, a few years ago that had had Bronco Mendenhall not taken the Virginia job, that uh, Jeff Brom was scheduled to come in for a second interview and was probably the guy they were going to go to. Uh, he was at Western Kentucky at the time before he went to Purdue. So anyway, it'll be interesting to see what he can do with that Louisville program, which was left for dead last year, and Scott Satterfield resurrected them from the dead. I mean, he, uh, I, not many guys have done that in the ACC when it looked like he was definitely going to get fired, and uh, maybe the weekend they came in to play Virginia. I was going were, to say if if they'd have lost to Virginia, they're talking the Louisville media was that he was going to be fired after the if, if they lost that game. They they dominated the game, but he went from almost being fired to turning it around enough to get a better job. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you don't see that very much in college football. So maybe he should have been coach of the year last year, but yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, do you I, think we'll, do you think the writers will vote Miami number one? In the, uh, somehow again, I don't. You know, now there's no division, <laughs> so they can't vote them number one overall. I can't imagine, but we always love the writers. Always love Miami this time of year. It seems that way. Uh, it was that way with Carolina for a while, and then people finally uh, saw that hey, uh, they're not as good as advertised. So I, I don't know. Maybe maybe. The writers and, and the rest of the media have wised up. And, uh, again, like you said, you can't vote them number one because we don't have divisions. But maybe they won't be voted quite as high. But, uh, you know, some people are saying, well, you know, he's got his own players in there now and he's got some transfers. And so, you know, let's vote them high again. But 
Uh, I'm not sure I'll be one of those. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. But Mike Trump will probably be voted down near the bottom again and probably finish up near the top. Just yeah, that's that's a that's a tradition, and uh, I would imagine that Clemson and Florida State get the love one versus two. Uh, that'll be the preseason. Pre- I mean, that's probably fair given how you know actually both teams played last year, especially Florida State. Uh, but uh, yeah, Wake Wake will be undervalued. Duke will probably be undervalued. Duke won what nine games last year, so uh, yes, Duke, absolutely. They gotta they gotta follow up on that. You know, I always like going down to you look at Virginia's schedule. In our, in our case, we cover Virginia, so you know, uh, focus a little bit more on the uh, ACC schools that Virginia plays uh, and try to learn a little bit more about those schools. Uh, and there's always some fun stories. Uh, you know, the the players you get a chance to talk to some of the players. It's always fun to kind of discover a story or two outside of all that plus talking on a general level with coaches about their thoughts on the ACC uh finances I'm sure it'll be great to hear from guys like Dabo Swinney and Mac Brown uh sort of the elder statesman of the league Dave Clawson is probably an elder statesman of the league at this point get their thoughts on those macro issues the transfer portal things like that so this is that this is that one chance that we get to you know to really just dive into talking to those other coaches and some players from those schools in depth, because after this, we, you know, we tend to focus on Virginia, but uh, for a few days, we get a chance to take a salmon hole ACC. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it'll be, it's always a fun few days and something to look forward to. They feed you well. Uh, there's usually a free, there's the free open bar involved. So that's not so bad. Uh, <laughs> give away the secrets here but there's some good there's some good there's some good stuff going on down there always some great chow for sure that's right that's right if, if barbecue and it's carolina so there's use of some good stuff down that way uh so that's next week and we'll uh figure out jerry uh between you and i we'll figure out when we record uh but we've got that and then also the the friday event the friday july 28th event with eva athletics uh specific with eva football so between maybe we'll record after that we'll just kind of think about that one internally uh but as we're wrapping up here jerry uh we got to thank the folks who helped make all this possible yeah and i wanted to give a plug to a couple of podcasts uh, other than this one uh, i have one earlier this week with dr bob rotella the world-renowned sports psychologist who works with the best golfers in the world uh as we speak the british open is finished for the day and uh, Rory McIlroy is one of uh, Bob's longtime clients. Uh, most of the Irish golfers are, and he talks about that. And uh, he gives us some insight into what Rory McIlroy is like behind the scenes. And uh, also Patrick Harrington, who uh, gave Bob one of his uh, claret jugs from one of his two British Opens back years ago and their relationship. He tells some great stories about those guys. Talk a little bit about uh, LIV and the whole whole golf world and what's going on. Uh, Bob Rotella knows as much about professional golf and the golfers as anybody on the planet. So if you love golf, uh, he talks about the British Open a little bit. Uh, tune in; it's our it's on the site. Uh, next Monday, I will be uh, have the privilege of interviewing a new Hall of Famer. Going into Canton at the end of the month, Virginia's own Rondé Barber, um, one of the Barber twins, he'll join us to talk about uh, his upcoming induction and what it's like to be a member of Canton. Uh, The goal of every guy who ever puts on a uniform uh, 
looking back at his Virginia career, he and he and Tiki, and uh, you know that catching up on what he's doing now, and uh, just stuff in general. And it's always fun to talk to Rhonda. He's he and Tiki have always been great uh, interview uh, subjects. Uh, they don't they don't hold anything back. So <laughs> tune in for that one uh, sometime later Monday. And then, uh, like Chris said, uh, he and I will be joining you at some point next week to talk about Virginia and ACC football. Uh, in the meantime, we'd like to thank our sponsors for making this possible. Uh, Roback got on my Roback shirt as uh, wear them all the time. Uh, it's a four-way stretch uh, polo, go-to polo. Uh, don't ever expect this shirt to get in your way of your backswing. I, I see golfers wearing them all the time. And even uh, Rotella had one on the other day during our interview. So uh, Roback is a Charlottesville-born company, and it's wildfire around the country. Um, I, I, like I said, I see them everywhere. Uh, sweat wicking. Quick drying, breathable, sharp, comfort fit. Uh, they have a women's line, men's line, comfortable. Uh, look it up on our website, uh, Roback. Add there and click on it. Get 20% off your order. I know many of you have, and we appreciate that. Helps us here at the, on our pod, podcast and website. Also, the Aberdeen Barn, uh, Virginia's finest steakhouse, one of my favorite places to go for a great meal and a relaxing atmosphere. Never know who you're going to run into there. Every Wahoo that's ever walked the earth has been in that place and uh, loves it. So drop by and see Angela and Terry. Uh, can't, you can't do better. Uh, conveniently located, great service. Go by and see them, tell them Hootie and Chris said hello. Also, the Good Feet people over at the Good Feet store in Stonefield. Again, uh, one of the fastest growing companies on the East Coast. They're everywhere. CEO, uh, owner, Jonathan Cotton is a Crozet guy. Grew up here, went to UVA. Um, big UVA supporter, NIL and otherwise. Uh, does a lot of promotions at sporting events and um, it's just a good guy in general. He's heart in the right place and, and does so many good things for all the communities that he's involved in. Uh, I'll be writing something sometime uh, in the next few weeks about Jaden Gardner and Kihei Clark uh, talking about how cool it was to get to know him. Uh, he sponsored them in NIL, but uh, took much more interest in, in them than that, just trying to help them along and uh, being a friend. So uh, don't you know, be on the lookout for that. But uh, please support all of those sponsors and all of our other sponsors at jerryrackliff.com that you see. Always looking for more advertising help to bring all this content to you for free. We don't charge like other sites who want subscriptions and and all of that. So um, give us a look, give us a try and support our sponsors. Uh, thank you to all of them. Again, wouldn't be possible without. 
That's how this all works, folks. So yeah, and if you're a, a business owner, uh, you want to sponsor, go to the website. There's information about how to get in touch with Jerry about how you can uh, do that. There's a oh boy. The website gets tons of traffic, over a million visitors a year. Uh, this podcast gets great traffic. Uh, the the uh, the YouTube version of it as well. So uh, yeah, there's it's not just you're not just doing charity there. You're actually you you getting a message out to a lot of folks using. Uh, the great traffic that Jerry generates with all his really solid UVA coverage. So for more of that coverage, go to jerryratcliffe.com. There's a little bit also on augustafreepress.com. For the Hall of Famer, Jerry Ratcliffe, I'm Chris Graham signing off. Everyone have a great week.